1: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
2: What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Week 9 edition of the Roto-Grinders DFS Picks. And I am joined, as I am every single Wednesday, by a couple of the best in the business. First, we got John Dagle. Daigle, how's your day going?
1: Very well. Much better than last week. I listened to you. I went to Derek Carr. I went to Tyrell Williams. I looked at it more as the week progressed. And you were right, Eric. I'm not going to say that many times, by the way. But... There's not many opportunities. <laughs> well, you, you were right. Way to put the people on, including myself, on those two last week.
2: Reeves, how you doing, man? Welcome back. <laughs> uh, Doing real good,
3: man. You know, last week was fun because we had our, uh, you know, all the bad quarterbacks hit. You know, you talked about Schaub and Schaub ended up playing and threw for 460 yards. Uh, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, they all hit all the junk QBs. It's my kind of week. So, you know, I had a good week. Uh, you know, I, lo- I love anytime the junk QBs, uh, you know, come
2: come and
1: deliver for us.
2: See, I need to go longer. I'm trying to tweet this thing out, so uh,
1: you know, I don't know what you guys are doing. Well, okay, while you're still tweeting that out, that I could easily just say, hey, Trubisky didn't hit among the bad quarterbacks. <laughs> Although the Bears were inside the 10 on three possessions in the first half alone, and yet they walked away with only nine points. It was disgusting as someone who actually did have Trubisky in a great matchup. But, Wait, hey. You actually played him? Uh, played a little bit. And, hey, they played the Eagles this week. We may talk about him again. I mean, I was talking about we, we are we are a man of principle
3: and honor here. We bring yeah. up a play, we we drop it, we play it.
2: When your money
3: burns, my money
2: burns. So all right, guys, before we jump into the slate, I want to let you guys know that if you're watching this, I assume, I assume you're liking a little bit of football. So I gotta let you know that the college football DFS package on Roto Grinders, it's available for the remainder of the season for just a hundred bucks. So I'm telling you guys. For a sport that there's not all that much information, not all that many, uh, you know, guys recommending plays here and there. It's not like basketball, not like football. The college football DFS world, it's a very niche thing, and that means it's more valuable. And these guys, you know, Dan Bach, Justin Van Mango, and all the other guys that are working. With the college football DFS package, they put in a ton of work. Hundred bucks for the rest of the season—that is a steal. Also, the FanDuel single Injury series—it's still going on. Four weeks of contests left. You get various entry fee tiers, um, which means that you want to play for five, five hundred, whatever. Go and jump in there. The sixth final is at the end. They get to go to the WFFC party in Puerto Rico and play for their own prize pool. I'm gonna be trying to get there. As a member of the WFFC, we'll see if I don't get there. I might just have to, you know, bribe somebody because I got no shot in the single entry series. So one of you guys jump in there, crush it, take it down. I hope to see you down there in Puerto Rico. And one last thing on the SharpSide app. Of course, they're still running, still running their big-time free roll. It's $10,000 in total prizes, including weekly and half-season prizes, $5,000 to the winner. Download the free SharpSide app for iOS or Android and make picks. On the NFL lines and totals, you can play as many or as few as you want. But whoever has the most positive unit wins, it's all going to be getting paid. Y'all are going to be getting paid if you're crushing it. So, yeah, make sure you check that out. Check out the Sharp Side. That. Check out the FanDuel Single Entry Series. Check out the college football DFS package. we got so much going on on Rottergrim. And, of course, NFL, we got so much going on here too because, Reeves, I see you shaking your head. And I think maybe more than any other week, we have a week where we have – So many games that people are going to want to target. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we have so many games that people are going to want to ignore. And I think from a tournament game theory perspective, I think this is a really interesting week.
3: This is fun. I like this week. I like this week anyways, because one, we finally got the answer and the Christian McCaffrey pricing has finally gone up on both sides. They've made it really hard to get Christian McCaffrey and another really good running back. Uh, especially if you wanted to double down with McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook, it's really hard this week on both sides. Uh, Saquon and Zeke are on Monday night, so we can't play them. Kittle faces the Cardinals, but he's on Thursday night, so we don't have we have like a lot of uber spots that are spread around and are not on the main slate. Uh, so it's gonna be it's fun the, the layout. So I'm um, excited to chop chop, uh, chop up some of these games. And, uh, you know, it turned out our favorite team is now we've transitioned from the horizontal raid, and we've actually got a vertical passing team that we're starting to have on the show every week in the Detroit Lions.
2: Yes, yeah, so we've moved on from the Arizona Cardinals. Now we're on the Lions, and uh, I don't know. I feel better about rooting for the Lions than the Cardinals. Dago, is this slate an interesting one to you?
1: Yeah, we only have one game at 50, and it's actually moved down a bit. Uh, it's, the Lions-Oakland game is now at 50 and a half. Otherwise, then, we have three other games at 45 or higher. And as we know, we don't chase the over. We chase games that are going to go over. So we start with that middling range. So, yeah, I think it's a, a tremendous spot for tournaments especially because we can just look at this game, a game that is probably going to go overlooked, and I'm sure we're about to hit on them today and just stack that one.
2: Yeah, that's how it works. Like that's I'm really interested. Like We're going to talk about our three favorite games of the week. But then later on in the show, of course, we talk about our three favorite topics, our favorite, favorite quarterbacks running backs and wide receivers. And that's the section I'm really interested in today. Because, look, everybody can out there tell you, hey, you play the guys from the 50-and-a-half point total that are all too cheap. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, we get it, guys. You play guys from the Bucks and Seahawks, which is probably going to shoot out. Uh-huh, no kidding. But it's those lower run plays and the low totals that I'm really interested to see who we like. So let's go ahead and kick it off with a game that has no line that I've seen yet. It's Minnesota at Kansas City. Of course, Patrick Mahomes, he is expected back in this one. Minnesota Vikings, they've moved from the – oh, wait, Reed's shaking his head. No, what? I missed something. Yeah, he's, he's
1: doubtful, man.
2: Oh, okay. See, he was night limited night.
1: today, but he worked as their number two behind Matt Moore. So it's still he wants to play, but that's more the player opinion. The doctors haven't cleared anything just yet.
3: I think it's very similar to the Saquon situation a few weeks ago, where he was practicing and we were getting videos, but the actual timetable for the actual injury, the team doctors were like, "Yo, like this guy's not supposed to be out here," and like he's running around. Like we're not going to clear him, even though he,
2: he keeps saying that. Okay, so that's news to me. I'm just going to sit here and pretend like I knew that and definitely wasn't (laughs) ill-prepared for this show. But, you know, okay, missing Patrick Mahomes, you've got a guy in Matt Moore at home. We like underdog quarterbacks at home. We like underdog quarterbacks, especially in Andy Reid offenses. We know they're going to throw the football. Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, B. Cole Hardman had the big game. Daniel, where are we going with this Chiefs
1: offense? Well, first of all, people on Twitter are saying the link you shot at are a dead end. So while Reeves and I talk, you can yeah, maybe, you like, can maybe uh, work on another link while we're talking here. Oh, my goodness. But, maybe you,
3: you can link to Patrick Mahomes' practice report.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> never, nevertheless, so it's not complete just yet, right? Like it, it is likely he is ruled out. But either way, um, yes, Matt Moore was competitive on fourteen or 10 days rest. That's my concern here, is if he's not then Matt Moore only has now six days of normal game time to prep for this Vikings defense. But either way, um, it's interesting because Tyreek Hill still held his own, still led the team in air yards, and still a factor. Travis Kelsey experienced a little bit of positive touchdown regression, um, but that's really all we're looking to. I wish we knew more on this running game in particular, but it's a weird one, and that's why it's good for tournaments, because up until that third-quarter fumble to go into the fourth quarter, LaShawn McCoy had 13 touches to Damian Williams' zero. After the third quarter, because LaShawn McCoy fumbled, he didn't get another snap. Damian Williams had seven touches to his zero the rest of the game. So it's for only 4K on DraftKings. I know everyone still wants to play Damian Williams. This is kind of the opportunity, especially with Matt Moore, who is more prone to check down than Patrick Mahomes is. Um, And it doesn't. I mean, it helps that Damian Williams. It's the first time all year that he looked like the playoff Damian Williams of last year, as opposed to whatever the hell we got to the first seven weeks of the year.
2: Yeah, we got the guy that was basically buried in that running back depth chart. It's been a mess. You know, Reeves, are you looking at a guy like Damian Williams? You know, are you looking at these receivers? Like, I, I'm over Sammy Watkins. I'm done with him. Like, he can go do whatever the hell he wants. It doesn't involve my fantasy football team. Reeves, who do you like on Kansas city? <laughs>
3: yeah. I mean, assuming Matt Moore plays, I think it's just really, you know, Tyreek and Kelsey. And then if tournament's going to take a shot, you know, at, at Damien, if he, if it oscillates back to him and we have to see, I mean, it's kind of gone back and forth. The other thing is that this team is not run, hasn't run the ball well yet this season. We know they can, Scheme open their backs in the passing game, but they've been one of the worst rushing teams in the NFL. Minnesota is really no walkover in the rushing game or any backfield period. First of all, they've only allowed one rushing touchdown all season. Uh they're fourth in rushing points allowed to backfields and their tenth in receiving points allowed to opposing backfields. So if Matt Moore plays, it's gonna be, I think, really hard for like these ancillary pieces to really kind of catch their ceilings, which is cool with me because you know I was over trying to like de- decipher the McCole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, uh, you know, Brian Pringle. Like that I was wasn't okay. Fun. Like I was okay like le- letting that just finally rest and just being able to focus on the main pieces. But here we are, assuming Mahomes doesn't play. Nine weeks in, we've yet to see the Chiefs' offense play a, a game healthy altogether yet. It hasn't <laughs> happened yet this season. Uh, we've seen the Vikings give up some some good games. The tight end so far this season, you know, Evan Ingram had you know a modest six for forty two. Darren Waller had that big thirteen catch game against them. Austin Hooper had a nine catch game against them. So I think if they're gonna scheme someone, you know, it's probably gonna be you know more Kelsey. Um, the Vikings' corners really aren't guys to worry about. The defense as a whole is good, but. Trey Waynes and Xavier Rhodes have allowed the fifth and sixth most receptions in their, in their coverage this season. Neither one of those guys is good enough to really keep up with a guy like Tyree Uh So, I mean, those guys are all in play. Uh, you know, if you want to chase that chief side, I mean, the Viking side is the hot side. Cause I mean, this offense has really caught fire. Uh, you know, Kevin Stefanski's really found out, found some balance, you know, early in the year, they were run, 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 run. Now they've really mixed it up and they've really got Kirk Cousins just firing off this play action pass, you know, highest play action rate over the past month. They have faced our second easiest pass schedule so far this season, which has helped them a little bit. But, uh, you know, the, the Chiefs defense is not one that's going to put up a lot of resistance, especially in the run game, which is going to open up all this play-action passing again. Uh, not that they needed the run game to open it up with the way Cousins have been playing. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the Viking side is the, is probably the more exciting side because, you know, Dalvin Cook is, is in a just objectively smashed spot. And Dago's mad. I had a tweet that said that he's, had a, he's had our 27th of schedule so far. Could have waited to 15
1: to minutes. Ahead. That's all you had to do. <laughs>
3: Second in the league in rushing yards per game with our 27th ranked schedule. he got the fourth easiest schedule the rest of the season. Another just gimme this, this week. The Chiefs are allowing 181 yards per scrimmage uh, to opposing backfields. That's tied for last in the league. They've allowed 10 touchdowns to the running backs. Everyone's kind of had their way with them you know, uh, in the run game. You know, We've seen the Packers guys kind of really beat them through the air. Doblin Cook can catch the ball. Uh, so, I mean, it's Dalvin Cook's in a smash spot. But, I mean, uh, the more fun probably is to talk about, you know, what after Dalvin Cook, what are we doing with this offense?
2: Yeah, you know, I look at these receivers, and I obviously Stefan Diggs has just been going nuts. I usually don't see the two-week version of the squeaky wheel getting the grease, but that's kind of what's been happening. To me, though, I'm just playing Dalvin here. Like, I understand wanting to play these wide receivers a little bit, but this just feels like a game to me that they're just going to feed the hell out of
0: Dalvin Diggle.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And as Reeb said, it's truly just a smash spot. Kansas City 30th overall and rushing defense DVOA. Having said that, someone else who everyone just wanted to get rid of, like cousin, like Kirk Cousins, over the first month, Stephon Diggs, has now just been incredible over the last month. In that time, still second in air yards among all wide receivers, only second to our boy, sponsor of the show, Mike Williams. So Stephon Diggs, again, is in another tremendous spot against this Chiefs defense that could once again be without Frank Clark and Chris Jones up the middle and rushing the passer. So either way, we, like it would be lovely if your practice reports are correct because we need. it would be great to have Patrick Mahomes under center <laughs> because then you could get away with playing like Sammy Watkins and ancillary pieces like that. But either way, it's just a game and a matchup that, that I do not – see how the Chiefs stop the Vikings offense. It's just truly a smash spot for all involved. And, hey, like the way you get contrarian ownership, or less ownership at least, is by just plugging in Adam Thielen coming off a hamstring injury. They've said he was going to play since last week. He nearly made it back for Thursday. He was limited at today's practice. We recorded this on Wednesday. So I would imagine he just comes back and plays flawlessly.
2: Here's my problem with Adam Thielen, all right? Oh, God. I've never gotten him right. In my entire bleeping life, I've never selected the right day to play Adam Thielen. I've selected all of the wrong days, though. Reeves, I doubt I play him this week. Am I going to get screwed bricking? <laughs> I mean,
3: it, there's potential for it. I mean, uh, you know, the Chiefs are, they're third in the league against the uh, boundary wideouts, but they're 25th to slot receivers. Uh, Thielen's in there about 30% of the time. Our guy Dan Pazuda, I don't know if you guys follow him, but uh, he's a real good follow, and he he writes real football content. And not he's not a, a fantasy you know snob like us. But uh, I mean, there are he's people wrote, that, he
0: wrote really. Yeah, he's, real football he's,
3: exists. Yeah, it's true. But he's wrote he wrote a real good piece on this Vikings offense and how they've started to run more out of eleven personnel, which has opened up stuff for Dalvin Cook, and they're throwing more out of heavy personnel, which is why you get all that play action that they've been running. So I mean. Uh, the Chiefs have been really good against wide receivers, but it's really only partly because they've been getting torched by running backs and just haven't faced the value. Um, they they rank seventh in, in wide receiver targets face, the fewest, seventh fewest. But they're middle of the pack. They're you know fifteenth in points per allowed to target, uh, you know, and sixteenth in catch rate allowed to targets to wide receivers. So they're just and they're kind of masking it just by running backs. You're just roasting them every week. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Thielen leads the team in end zone targets still. I think he's still the best bet. The thing that I still think is, we have to get this right still. Is this in a situation like last year? We still have only one game so far this season where these guys have both been wide receiver twos or better in the same game so far this season. So it's still kind of a situation where we probably have to get it right instead of just being able to play both guys. And I think the edge based on matchup and then just touchdown potential goes to Thielen, even though Diggs has kind of been the hot hand.
2: Yeah, and you know, if you like you said, you want to play the ownership game. Right now we've got them projected at the same ownership. That's not gonna happen. Diggs is gonna be well more popular than Thielen, especially coming off the injury. I don't hate the idea of playing Thielen. And, you know, like you said, Reeves, this is they're gonna be points scored in this game. So to me, I don't necessarily love anybody from the Chiefs from, from the Vikings side. I probably need to have at least one of Dalvin, Thielen, or Diggs on every team. Let's move on and talk Tampa Bay at Seattle. This game is my favorite game of the week. The total is fifty and a half. and a half, at least it opened at 50 and a half Seattle, six point favorites at home. And we've got a Tampa Bay team that doesn't like to run. We've got a Seattle team. That's not great against the pass. We've got a Seattle team that wants to run, but they're facing a bucks defense. That's really good against the run. And I guess the question is from the Seattle standpoint, Dagos, do we expect them to actually come out and throw the ball or are they just going to run for two yards of carry right up the middle and play into the strength of Tampa Bay defense?
1: If it stays competitive, they will 100 percent rush Chris Carson into the effing ground, yeah. no matter how inefficient it may be. Uh, this Buck's defensive line, this defense as a whole, a true pass funnel, have allowed only 55 yards per game to opposing running backs, but around 305 to opposing quarterbacks. It is such a tremendous spot for Russell Wilson. To hit both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett with ease. But the thing is, we know, we saw it last week. 20, 20, attempts. I laughed just saying it. 20 attempts by Russell Wilson and just an amazing spot that was actually quite competitive against Matt Schaub and the Falcons. Um, 28 against attempts in week four, whenever they had their they didn't have to put their foot on the gas against that Cardinals team. If this is what we expect it to be, just a bad Bucks team. That is not going to be too competitive. They will absolutely just hand the ball to Chris Carson, and it's, it's a tough spot for him. Having said that, if you're still going to get 25-plus carries from him, that's what makes him a tremendous cash game play week in and week out because Rashad Penny's an afterthought. Even Rashad Penny's season-high snap rate from the last week, I would imagine that was a showcase for the trade deadline. Yeah. I don't think he touch, I don't think he has over eight touches at
0: all in this game.
2: Yeah, and you know, it's, it's going to drive me nuts because I can already see how this week's going to go. So I'm going to convince myself, oh, they're a pass funnel. Seattle couldn't possibly be dumb enough to keep running it up the middle. Every week. I feel like the exact same thing's going to happen. And Reeves, if it happens, you're going to see me tilting on Twitter. What are you, blah, 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 you know, expletive, expletive, expletive. Like, and, but that's how, how it's going to be sometimes. I don't know. What do you think about this Seattle passing? Are you willing to risk it with the Seahawks?
3: Not really. We talked about the same thing last week when we talked about them in the spot. You know, we couldn't just chase matchup because of what they do. If you look at that game, Russell Wilson in that game had completed 70% of his passes last week, over nine yards for pass attempt. In the second half of that game against the Falcons, he threw five passes. He threw five passes. He completed all five for 72 yards. They had 13 rushing attempts for 21 yards. That's what let the Falcons almost come back and like have a shot, you know, a vice on the scoreboard. Because you know, uh, I don't think that we'll get them up twenty-four nothing though at the half here. Uh, Winston actually, for all of his shortcomings, and you know, maybe he spots Seattle some points, and we got to chase, you know, the game script that way. But Winston has seventeen or more fantasy points in four of his past five, five games. He has three hundred. Uh, passing yards or more, multiple touchdowns in four of those five games as well. He's still getting the production. We just need to see if he spots Seattle any points that kind of give them, to let them steer into this Chris Carson ship, you know, a little bit. Um, but Seattle, they have been they've really dealing. You know, they've kind of struggled here. Sixteen or more fantasy points, the six consecutive quarterbacks. Matt Schaub last week threw for four hundred and sixty. I know that was kind of jailbreaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Lamar did his rushing. Baker got him for nineteen and a half. Golf seventeen point nine. Kyler sixteen. Teddy Bridgewater over sixteen. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I think it's a spot where Jameis can still have some success here. We know the receivers are are going to do work, mm-hmm. and then what's great about this Bucks team is they only throw the ball to two players. You, you got Mike Evans at 67 targets, uh, Godwin at 63 targets, and then Ogbonwalé is the next highest targeted player, down at you know 24 targets. That's what we love. We've got a high volume pass game that only throws the ball to two players. Love it. I mean, it's it's you know the you know sink our teeth into that all game. Uh, neither one of those guys has a matchup you're scared of. Uh, you know Mike Evans. Uh, Seattle's allowed 100 receiving yards or more in three of their past four games uh, to the opposing lead wide receiver. The only guy that didn't get 100 yards was Miles Boykin, uh, who caught one long ball, but you know I, he doesn't really qualify as a guy that like we would, you know, kind of you know as, as say as a lead actual lead wide receiver. Um, and then you have know, Godwin in the slot. Jamar Taylor is allowing 1.81 yards per coverage snap. That's the fourth highest among slot corners in the league. So I mean, we're gonna get high volume on the road dogs. Uh, you know, against the team that they're going to throw and they're going to throw it to two players. So, I mean, you have to pay for both those guys, obviously. But this is more of a game stacking type of game anyways uh, than a pay because everyone here is expensive. So, I mean, I can't pay top dollar for us in a cash game because the pass volume just – there's no reason. It's the same thing that we talked about too. We talked about playing for Tyler Lockett. We can't play Tyler Lockett when he's over 7K, even in a great matchup in cash games because, like I said, he's got one twenty point game. Uh, in fantasy, each of the last three seasons, just one. Uh, th- this guy is 14th in wide receiver points the past five weeks and 37th in wide receiver targets. I mean, this offense is completely maddening. It, it drives us crazy. The Bucs are a team we completely target for passing games and opposing lead wide receivers. But because the Seahawks are favorites and they're home favorites, we could have another game where we just have to pay top dollar for low value.
1: And even better for Jameis, uh, Seattle, bottom two in sacks, bottom two in pressure rate. Um, they won't put him under pressure. This guy had a top 12 performance among quarterbacks last week, even though he threw two picks and fumbled twice. Like that's what he does because he still throws multiple touchdowns and goes and gets that 300 yard point bonus that you have to have to win tournaments on either side. So, yes, it is still a tremendous spot that you can stack, as you said.
2: Yeah. And you know, you talk about game stacking that. I think. If you're going to game stack this one, you have to go with a very specific you know, very specific game script. Because what you're really hoping that is that you play Jameis and you play Evans or Godwin. like Those guys you're obviously going to play in a game stack. But on the other side, you either want Carson or you want this passing game. It can't be both because if Seattle's up, they're going to run the hell out of the ball. If they're down, obviously they'll be passing. It seems like a fine week to go back to our boy DK Metcalf, John. Huh?
1: Yeah, DK Metcalf, who still leads all wide receivers and end zone targets on um, below expectations according to what he should have scored so far this year. And you talk about one, like, oh, baby, why don't we get both involved? Jameis, Evans, Godwin, and run it with Metcalf.
2: Yeah, that's, that sounds like fun. That's what I want to do. I don't want to play anybody needs 30-point totals. Let's play. Let's rock out with these guys. Um, <laughs> Reeves, you know, I, we're just going to digress here just for a second. Were you surprised they didn't trade O.J. Howard?
3: No, I mean they shouldn't trade OJ Howard. I mean, they should play him and use him more. But, yeah. uh, they're, not, they're very clearly not going to do that. But I mean, you know, he's still he's not making any money. He's Still under contract for another year. I mean, I don't really see the why they were in a hurry to do it. I mean, they just are, are mismanaging the situation uh, altogether. Uh, but you know what? At least none of us were donkeys and chased Cameron Brait.
1: That is very true. Jonu Smith did hit, but OJ Howard, obvious, or uh, or Cameron Brait, obviously did not. I still can't. Go ahead. Some of us played Cam Bryant. Ah, oh, damn it! Oh, Damn it! Yeah. Well, hey, you're, you might get Tanner Hudson. He's actually better than Cam Bryant. That's what I always.
2: Wanted, Tanner Hudson. You know Thanks what's
1: funny though that. is like we make fun of the Cardinals and the Bucks defense. Seattle's third. Like they've allowed the third most receiving yards to opposing tight end. Not to <laughs> not to get you excited about Cam Bryant 2.0, but yeah, yeah play some no, play gonna, Tanner
2: Hudson. I'm just gonna go Homer Simpson into the bushes on that one and just ignore the whole situation. Let's talk about Detroit at Oakland. Oakland. Two point favorites on the road. Uh, it's a 15 and a half point total. And look, we got a Lions team, obviously, without on Johnson there now, they're throwing the ball more. Stafford aired it out last week. and Galladay, crushed for fantasy on the Oakland side. Josh Jacobs is fine, but I like this passing game more. This is like a cheaper version of the game to stack than the last game we talked about. Reeves, do you have a preference on this Oakland side? Are you looking at Josh Jacobs? Are you looking at Tyrell, Waller the Baller? Who are you looking at here? I mean, I, I like Jacobs
3: the most still, I and mean, he's the most bankable. I mean, I know the matchup, will still – we'll talk about it just how last week and, the, and you know, your, your car hit played and Tyrell has a good matchup. But I still think based on what the Raiders want to do and what they set out to do offensively and where the floor is for these guys, I still think Jacobs is the, is the safest guy. He's starting to get a little more used in the past game. It's not, you know, enough to really hang our hat on, but 4.4 receiving points per game over the past four games. Uh, Detroit's kind of like that all capacities backfield. We talked about with Saquon last week, uh, when we talked about their game, I mean, they're 28th in rushing points allowed 32nd in receiving points allowed, uh, to back. So, I mean, there's room for, you know, him to do it kind of both ways and get those targets. He's kind of the safest guy. And then Waller, I believe is the second safest guy. I mean, he's broken the touchdown seal the last two games. Uh, actually, he actually had a touchdown-induced game last week. He only had two for 11, but had a touchdown. You know, we haven't we didn't have those types of games for him, and the Lions are kind of back to their old ways of being a team we target, you know, with opposing tight end play. They are 28th in yardage allowed per game, 27th in yards for to tight ends. So I think that those two guys are the safest, you know, floor plays. Waller on the main slate is looking like the best objective play. Uh, you know, I don't know how you guys have been handling tight end this, this year. I mean, uh, it's been a weird year because – it's mm-hmm. been just bracketed where you have to pay for one of like these top like six guys every week uh, because the rest of the position is so trashed. Uh, where we used to get like these three K guys or someone running into some volume, and all those picks this year have just flat out almost stunk like all all year. Unless you run into like a Darren Fells like catches two touchdowns or something, uh, it's really stunk. I mean, people were trying to play great last week, TJ Hawkinson. Like these picks just haven't really worked out in those levels. Vernon Davis the one week. Uh, These guys just haven't hit. So, I mean, it's been kind of a forced you to pay to play spot. And, you know, uh, I think Waller on the main slate is probably the most appealing of the top tight ends if you're looking for, you know, kind of like a safety net, you know, in cash games.
2: Yeah, Darren Waller just gets so many targets that, of course, he's going to be Fine. I think they go down a little bit with Tyrell coming back, but either way, he's still a phenomenal player. And you mentioned Josh Jacobs, somebody that I like a lot. I love attacking these Lions linebackers with pass-catching running backs from tight end, whoever it is. Like is. I'm going to like Jacobs as well on the Lions side. Dago, this is an easy side to break down, man. We like Stafford, and we like these wide receivers, and we sure as hell are not touching any of these running backs.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate that the Texans didn't exploit – the Raiders corners more um, because it was a tremendous spot for Watson. And yeah, he still hit with Darren Fells and Duke Johnson and ancillary pieces we didn't have, but this is another tremendous spot for Stafford who really this target tree as well is concentrated. Like a uh, uh, Hawkinson hasn't gone over 35 receiving yards since that week one explosion against Arizona. And that's not his fault. They just don't use them. Stafford is no longer a check-down quarterback in this offense. Stafford is top five in air yards per attempt, and Stafford only goes to Galladay and Marvin Jones. Having said that, the past two weeks, since Amendola has returned healthy, he's still been been in on 84% of the team's snaps. Um, He's slowly actually become an integral part of this offense from the slot. So that actually gives us a secondary piece in this game for tournaments if you choose to go that route. But ultimately, you know what it's going to be because, as we saw last week, they tried to run a fullback, uh, Trey Carson, pretty much just a living fullback who's labeled as a running back on 12 carries, gave him all the gold line work, and it went exactly as you expected, <laughs> while Ty Johnson, yes, played 40%, 40% of the snaps. Like, we should be impressed about that. Um, had two <laughs> runs negated, but still split routes with J.D. McKissick, 15-14. to 14. Um, They pretty, And, I mean – Imagine playing a back who got 40% of the snaps and split passing down work and didn't get goal line reps. Like there's there's no one to play in this backfield. So you know the three pieces confidently to go to and then the tournament fourth piece to lean on.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, Reeves, obviously we're going to like Kenny Galladay. Can you make a case to play any of these running backs though?
3: No. I mean, uh, well, <laughs> it's because like they will say that the thing is that the splitting routes part is the tough part because – where oakland's bad against backfields is in the passing game they're 29th in receiving points allowed to backfields uh but but really they're ninth in rushing points and you know ty johnson had a couple plays left on the field he had a wheel route where stafford overthrew him where he was walking in the end zone um but the thing is is we want a guy that's going to be out there for all the passing down work if we're going to pay for him and take a shot on him not just half of it where you have to hit one play we want a guy that has a you know is going to get the, you know, run 30 pass routes and get these dump offs and, you know, kind of these ancillary targets as well, not just have to hit these big plays. So it's hard. Um, I think the and this team can't run the football. Um, if you just look at it, I, uh, 18% of their offensive yards the past three weeks have come from rushing. It's the lowest rate in the NFL. So it swerves right into what we want to do. And it's a defense that's going to allow them, just like last week against the Giants to do what they want to do you know you've got you know you've got, got mass stafford who leads the nfl in average depth of target against the defense who struggles against the vertical pass just like he had last week uh you know stafford's completed a pass of 20 plus yards on 21 percent of his completions the highest rate in the league 21.3 percent of completions allowed by the raiders have gone for 20 more yards that's 30th in the league symmetry what we want you know we've got a guy who wants to throw the ball downfield uh, you know, a team that is going to invite him to throw the ball downfield. So, I mean, it's just right back to the well with what the Lions did last week. Um, the crazy thing is, is we've got the, the ghost of Danny Amendola has re- reared his head into this situation. He's got 25% of team targets the past two weeks. He's got uh, 105 yards, 95 yards. Oakland is an all-equal opportunity pass defense. They're also terrible against slot receivers. 25th in points allowed to, to those guys. So, if, I mean, if they're just going to step back and wing it, I mean, it's another game where Dola's is probably going to be involved to much of our chagrin of just chasing, you know, Galladay and Marvin Jones uh, on the vertical end. Uh, because, but Dola's been priced up kind of in a weird way. Uh, I know he's 6K mm-hmm. on FanDuel, which is really outrageous for a guy of his, uh, you know, archetype.
1: And that's why I like Derek Carr in tournaments um don't get me wrong Josh Jacobs is the guy that you don't, confidently don't want to leave this game without but mm-hmm. Uh, Rodney Hudson obviously is going to miss some time. Um, even Oakland's backup center, Andre James, has a high ankle sprain reportedly, may not play. But Derek Carr has the highest completion rate under pressure among every quarterback in the league. And that's because he depends on Darren Waller underneath. Um, so I would expect Derek Carr to still get his no matter what happens against this putrid Lions off defense that even Daniel Jones had success. <laughs> And Daniel Jones has only thrown for three hundred yards twice this year, and it's because in both those games that he's only he's faced thirty five percent under pressure against those two defenses. Every other game he's been under pressure over forty two percent because the Lions are bottom two in pressure rate created. So I would imagine that yes, Derek Carr is still a, a good tournament play in this one.
2: Yeah, I always love Derek Carr when got t- when he's facing somebody that can't pressure the quarterback, and that's exactly what we're seeing here. Like. I mean, we're going to get to some quarterbacks here in just a second, but I mean, between these last two games, we've talked about Jameis Winston, Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford, Derek Carr. Reeves, do you have a favorite amongst this group?
3: I I I like Winston the most, but I just don't know if I can play him in cash games, uh, just because he's he is that guy, man. Like you just never know. Like he's always feels one play away from getting pulled from the game, doesn't he? Like it, like always. Like you're just like, oh my goodness, this is it. That was the worst pass I've ever seen. Like there's no way they can let this guy go on. But he's those kind of of turnovers. But I do believe objectively, and price wise, he's the guy in for the best spot. But I think the safest guy is Matthew Stafford
2: out of that group. Dale, do you have a favorite?
1: Yeah, I mean it's true. The safest is definitely Stafford. However, I will probably have more Jameis than I do. Stafford. welcome aboard, boy. Like
3: nobody wants to play Jameis. His projected ownership has to suck. Like nobody likes to play him. It's like
2: I mean, quarterbacks never gets out of hand. Like I mean, projected ownership right now: Jameis eleven, Russ fourteen, Stafford eight,
1: Car eleven. Like quarterback and tight end, we know that's the two positions you don't worry about ownership because it's never concentrated ever. Yeah, just play the and do and,
3: right. and you have to imply you have to also have to factor in the stacking of those picks. Uh, you know, you, someone might have fourteen percent rust, but they might have fourteen percent rust with Tyler Lockett, mm-hmm. or you know, and vice versa. It always depends, that calf, baby. That that tournament option always gets factored into the ownership, uh, which you just don't see on just that that raw projection ownership, uh, you know, site.
2: All right, let's talk some quarterbacks because obviously a lot of the guys are going to, you know, everybody's going to be rostering guys from the six games that we've already talked about. And I think this is where it gets interesting this week. Where are the pivot points? Are we looking at a guy like Josh Allen against Washington? Are we looking at even Sam Darnold at Miami, Kyle Allen? I, I mean, I don't know, who else, what other quarterbacks do you like that weren't in those first three games?
1: You could just keep it up. And that came out wrong but you can keep the salary up. And <laughs> that as we came out perfectly. We talk about, about Mitchell Trubisky last week because it was such a good matchup, and they reached the Chargers' defense. Uh, they got into inside the 10 three times in the first half, but the play calling was so bad that the Bears only left with nine points in that first half despite being in scoring opportunities so many times. But, again, the, this Chargers' defense has only looked good because in their last six, five games, Josh Rosen, Joe Flacco, uh, Devlin Hodges, Ryan Tannehill, and Mitchell Trubisky. And now they get Aaron freaking Rodgers. Um, even if Devontae Adams comes back, and I believe he will probably play, he gets Casey Hayward. Not that it's like a tremendously tough matchup I'm scared of, but Casey Hayward is good enough, and Devontae Adams has will probably be limited enough off of this turf toe injury that we can look to secondary pieces to confidently get us by in this offense. I expect Aaron Jones' ownership to be high, But it's still not so much contrarian, but it's still how many people will play Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers, despite the fact that Aaron Jones has averaged over five targets this year. Basically a good Todd Gurley, the new Todd Gurley, um, in his vintage years. And then also what I would think happens, because in week seven, you remember, Jeronimo Allison and Marquez Valdescanning, we talked about it, went into the game as game time calls, and they were limited. Lazard and Jake Kumaro played over them. Last week, none of them on the injury report, Lazard still ran the team and snaps, routes, run, and targets. Um, I would think that Lazard slides to the outside as Aaron Rodgers' new second receiver, and Geronimo Allison plays in the slot primarily, where he spent over 80% of his snaps to start the year before Adams got hurt. So I think you can go to Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Lazard, and or even if you want to get crazy and go Valdez Scantling, despite the fact he's played the fewest time, the the least time among all of those the past two weeks, because he still leads this team in air yards over the last month. He's still their downfield threat with the, over a twenty a dot because that's how they use him, which is still pretty sexy in tournaments. So either way, there are numerous ways to stack Aaron Rodgers in what should be a incredible matchup.
2: Am I the only one that likes to play quarterbacks where there's not numerous ways to stack guys? Like, I see a guy like Rodgers, and I'm like, all right, I can pair him with eight different guys, and I'm going to drive myself crazy trying to pick and choose. I like the guys like Stafford where I either play Jones or Galladay and just move the hell on. Reeves, who are some of the other quarterbacks you're looking at this week? (laughs)
3: Yeah, I mean, that game is interesting uh, altogether. I feel like people will chase Rogers a little bit based on these, you know, kind of past two games. That game could be a little slower paced too. But I mean, across the way, I mean, Philip Rivers has been priced down like way too low. And this is another team like the Lions that has just swerved into just throwing every play. Uh, but they faced, actually, uh, the last month, they faced a pretty daunting, you know, tough schedule here, and it lightens up. You know, the Packers were a team that we were avoiding early in the season, and their pass defense is, has kind of flatlined for us. Uh, they are on 8.9 yards for pass play over the past four weeks. That's 31st in the league. After the first four weeks, they were 4th. Um, so, I mean, they, their team – we saw Matt Moore have success against them on Sunday night. They're um, a team I think you can take advantage of a little bit of the price depression for Rivers, and he is one of those guys you can stack with very few players if you think that that game has a chance to shoot out more. Um, he, he can be paired with, you know, Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Uh, but, the, you know, but uh, yeah, and then, I mean, I wish Darnold was cheaper. <laughs> like, Darnold should yeah. be – Yeah. Darnold – Yeah. Darnold, he should be, like, where Tannehill was on both sites last week, but he's not. He's a little bit priced down in Fanduel, but 59 on DK because there is still risk, you know, involved. That's I like playing those guys from like 51 on 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 DK, and I was hoping he'd be around there. I mean, because Miami has allowed 15 or more fantasy points to every quarterback they face, 20 or more to everyone that's not Case Keenum or uh, Mason Rudolph. They're allowing nine points or nine yards for pass play. That's dead last in the league. I just wish he was a little cheaper, but I think I'm going to get my avenue through Sam Darnold through uh, Robyier.
2: Uh, I mean, I'm perfectly fine. Robbie Anderson, another guy that was rumored to be t- traded yesterday, and it just didn't happen. Dagle, I'm going to let you s- set it straight right, right now. Are you playing Trubisky or not?
1: I may have a little bit. It's, ah. it's so ugly. And, and But if this team, like David Montgomery, we know is the trap of all traps, right? Like he's going to run into this Eagles defense. He's not going to do a damn thing. I know yes. they say they want to run the ball. It won't happen. The only way – to beat this Eagles defense is through the air. And, yes, they got Ronald Darby back last week. Yes, Jalen Mills is healthy now. Jalen Mills those just
0: sucks. I don't those, know are, those
1: are guys bad. that would be third and fourth corners yeah. on other teams, and they have to play every single snap for the Eagles. They are, they are extremely beatable through the air. Um, six of eight quarterbacks this year have finished in the top 15 on DraftKings. Uh, four of eight have finished in the top nine. It just takes even more stomaching and blind faith and Trubisky than it did last week. And I played him last week in some lineups. But uh, it takes even more. And plus, it sucks because the obvious stacking player is Allen Robinson, who will continue to be great no matter what. But uh, I also played a little bit of Anthony Miller, and he was fine. The thing is, Taylor Gabriel got back into over 80% of their snaps, and it took away from Anthony Miller, who now has to be great on less, less usage. So uh, Allen Robinson, Mitch Trubisky, that's still a tournament play for me. Uh, it's ugly. Sicko. It's so ugly. I know. You're a but sicko.
2: You're a sick human.
1: One day.
3: Guy that he's he's going to
1: be my Derek Carr to a million as Derek Carr was to you.
2: Hey, Derek Carr is a beautiful, beautiful human. All right, let's talk some running backs. And yeah. I, I think running backs is a position where a lot of people are going to get away from these chalk games. Of course, Christian McCaffrey is in play. Um, you know, we don't have Leonard Fournette on this slate either, which is kind of nice because... So leads the yeah. league in routes run among running backs. Of course he does. Of bleeping course, he does. Um, James Conner is expected to miss this one, which means that Jalen Samuels at 4K is going to be as chalky as chalk gets. Reeves, I guess the first question is, are you eating the Jalen Samuels chalk?
3: Yeah, if Conner doesn't play and Benny Snell doesn't play, then there's no. it's, it's going to be real hard to get away from If,
1: if Conner plays, <laughs> you want Samuel. I want Conner to play. Or, is, active?
2: <laughs> or is it I mean, Trey I'm- Carson? No, it's Trey Edmonds.
1: Trey yeah Trey Edmonds, Edmonds. Yeah, Trey Edmonds,
2: yeah, i gotta get my i gotta get my bad Trey running back straight sorry <laughs> but connor's kind of picked up a uh
3: you know he started to pick up like an injury every game he plays at this point it could something new every week uh but yeah i would love to play jalen samuels as a in like a full allotment of snaps you know uh we saw him last year and it's a different offense but he was a high-end rb2 all three of his starts last year uh eddie faulkner his you know his his H uh, back, you know, kind of tight ends coach at NC State is with the team now. Hasn't really kind of rolled over in how they've used Samuels, but we know that he, they could use him in a diverse fashion, as they showed on that Monday Night game uh, against the Bengals. So yeah, I mean, if he's he's definitely in play. Um, like you talk about just not having Fournette, not having Saquon, not having Zeke. Now nah, you know, and then having to pay all the way up. Or Dalvin or Christian McCaffrey and probably unable to get both in and have a successful lineup that you feel comfortable with. Um, you know we have to go under under the hood. You know and take some of these RB two guys. These guys we've been overlooking because we've just been jamming in these other guys. I mean obviously the the top guy that stands out is Nick Chubb. Uh, You know, probably in in a game script game now, it's going to favor him with Brandon Allen starting the game. And he's had 131 yards from scrimmage or more in four of his past five games, ripping off 22.1 touches per game. They really don't play Dontrell Hilliard at all. We haven't gotten, you know, we still don't get Kareem Hunt back. Uh, Denver's, you know, uh, 21st in yardage allowed to running backs. not that it matters because we saw him run on the Patriots last week. Uh, He's really the only functional part of the Browns offense right now. Uh, so, I mean, and, and then we've got another game where it sets up for the Browns to have more success rushing than passing anyways, because the one thing Denver actually is good at is defending, you know, um, the, is the pass, And, you know, they've got Chris Harris that can match up with Odell Beckham on the, on, on the outside when he plays boundary snaps. So, I mean, Nick Chubb is a guy I'm looking at. Um, I've got a feeling a lot of people will go right back to Aaron Jones. Anytime a dude scores 40 uh and the chargers have get the chargers have just been getting absolutely smoked. they even got melvin ingram back last week and they still they dated montgomery the the bears couldn't run on anyone all season long and they go for you know 201 yards from scrimmage uh you look at the, the past four backfields they faced the chargers the bears the titans the steelers and the broncos uh they've allowed over 200 yards from scrimmage to three of those four teams uh, I think a lot of people go back to Aaron Jones. And then um, you've got the – not to just eat all the shot clock here on these running backs for you, Dago. I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, and then what are we going to do with Le'Veon, man, in this spot? Like, our,
2: what do we do with Le'Veon Bell? I play him. You play him against Miami. Like, if you were ever going to play Le'Veon Bell, and I know he's priced up at 7700 this is the week when you have to do it. This guy is still not coming off the field. Maybe he'll get work in the passing game. Maybe he won't. But either way, like – I mean, when I look at Le'Veon Bell, like, I just want to play him everywhere, man.
1: Yeah, and it's even better because they were listening to calls on him, which does, and I know it's stupid, but it does actually detract his ownership, and so now everyone's overlooking him, and it's the best position he's been in all season long. I mean, Connor and Benny Snell were just running wild before Connor exited, and now we get... Uh, Le'Veon Bell, no other back is getting any touches behind him. It's almost like it doesn't even matter truly if he ca- gets passes, pass catches or not because he can just run through this defense. Um, so, yeah, Le'Veon Bell, all four. And then, like I was saying earlier, I learned my lesson with Chase Edmonds. Like, if Connor plays, I'm still going to sprinkle in Jalen Samuels everywhere because he's like a truly a tournament winner at his reduced salary.
2: Yeah. I, and, again, I'm just going to say Le'Veon Bell is – I haven't played him this year. And if you want to have some fun, take a look at his upcoming schedule for the next two months. If you're yeah, in and
1: Darnold. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Go ahead and grab Le'Veon Bell if you can. Any other guys for you, Reeves? Are you going to play any Melvin Gordon going up against this Packers run funnel?
1: <laughs> shaking his head. That he's he's, like, he's like,
2: going to leave his mic on mute and yeah, shake his, his head. The mute, <laughs> just like head shaking. Everybody is like listening to the audio version. It's like, what the hell's happening? Why are they just. Why is John laughing? laughing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk some wideouts real quick. Obviously, a million different guys you can go at wide receiver. Reeves, who are some of your favorites? Well, I hinted at Robbie
3: Anderson. I mean, it, it, it's it's set up for to finally have this spot. I mean, since Darnold's come back, he has been the highest targeted receiver. He's got 22 targets. Um, the problem with Robbie A, he's got the same thing that we talked about Galladay last week. So we're hoping to get some of this regression now that Galladay has passed the torch. He's passed the baton. Uh, Robbie Anderson now was last in the league in catchable target rate for the season. So last week it hit for us where we got the regression and Galladay hit. Miami's allowing the the most complete, the highest rate of completions of 20 or more yards in the air. Uh, they've Zayvon Howard has now been shut down for the season. Uh, they're allowing, you know, um, the, the most points to opposing wide receiver ones. This is all set up for finally Robbie Anderson to, to, to kind of have one of these games, or maybe he drops like a, like a five for 140 or something for us. Uh, so he's on the board. Dagle mentioned Allen Robinson. I think Allen Robinson's completely fine as even a cash game play. His floor has been safe. Yeah. He's had a really good floor. I mean, um, he's got he's at 70% catch rate with the Bears. You know, he had just a 59% catch rate last year. He's been really efficient. The Eagles are 30th in points per game to opposing wide receiver ones. We've seen him, obviously, last year. He had 10 for 143 and a touchdown when he played the Eagles in that playoff game. And then the another guy like that is still the pricing hasn't caught up still is John Brown because John Brown has been an effective fantasy player without being the old John Brown. He's a guy that's had a safe floor. He's got fifty or more receiving yards in every game. He's not, you know, we know that there is one of these games is due where he's going to have you know uh, pop off and you know the lid's going to open up here. So I mean, he's still priced down to where he's got a, a safe floor, and we've seen him have the safe floor. He still has upside uh, for that price. He's kind of like where Tyler Lockett was last year. Um, but except for he's being priced in that area, whereas Lockett's just priced up now as like he is a locked in wide receiver one when he shouldn't be.
2: Yeah, Brown's one of those guys. I love these speedy wide receivers against Washington, anyways. And like you said, the floor has been really high because he's good get, he's getting all the targets for that Buffalo team. Who the hell else are they going to throw it to? I definitely like Brown this week. Dago, who are some of the wideouts you like?
1: Yeah, I mean whether it's Philip Rivers or Aaron Rodgers, I just like that game so. Obviously, uh, you don't have to harp on it too much. Mike Williams is a good play again. Uh, Keenan Allen, he was limited last week, still led them in targets somehow. So obviously not limited. He's also a good play in that game. I expect a shootout. Um, Lazard, I think is also a good tournament play because I do truly believe he's their number two receiver now. When you leave, When you leave one of the most explosive offenses and snaps, that means something, and what she's done the past two weeks. And then other than that, a few sneaky ones I think are uh, Jarvis Langer, who's fresh off a 10-target game, only five catches, did nothing last week, and yet he still led them in targets and air yards against this Broncos team That is, it's a way to pivot off of Nick Chubb, even though I think Nick Chubb is still like the smash tournament play to go to. Um, and then another one, if you want to get a little frisky, Curtis Samuel still getting the – downfield 14-yard average depth of targets and a high amount of air yards, but D.J. Moore is just outscoring them every single week. Uh, this Titans defense lends itself to a much better position than he had been in the past, Curtis Samuel. We saw Evans just steal the soul of LaShawn Sims, who they're probably going to use to cover Curtis Samuel this week as, their, as the Carolinas downfield target. Um, so, yeah, that's just a few cheap options. But I think for the most part, we hit in our three games we discussed in depth the guys to go after. No T.Y. Hilton love? Maybe. What do you see? You should tell me.
2: I mean, I see a Steelers defense that can always give it up, give up big plays to wide receivers. I see they're likely to be playing from behind. I know they're small favorites. I think they're going to be playing from behind, though. And I always like T.Y. when he's on own, and that's the case. Like, it's it's not like. This like crazy big breakdown, but I like T.Y. Hilton this week, and it's 6.5. I don't think anybody's going to go there, and I think Hilton's really interesting. Dago, you and Reeves, are you interested in T.Y.? I mean,
3: it, I think it makes sense for the price, Um Ownership and like you know target share. My problem with this, we talked about Ty Hilton. I believe a couple of weeks ago on the show when we were all playing against the Texans, just the way they use are using Ty Hilton. If you look at his two games where he hasn't scored a touchdown, he's been almost he's been unusable. He's been wide receiver four or lower. He's he's setting career lows now in average depth of target yards per catch. Uh, you know, it's just it's. I don't really. I'm not a big fan of the way they're using Ty Hilton this year. Um, because they've kind of asked Percent just to be a bus driver. Um, so, I mean, um, I, I think it makes sense, though, for target share and projected ownership. And he does play in the slot a little bit where the Pittsburgh is a little more vulnerable.
1: Um, but they are good on
3: the outside uh, to boundary receivers.
1: Um, and I would say it would help if you want to play too wide and helps that their concent- their target tree is becoming a slightly more concentrated. Yes, there's still a lot of players involved, but the fact they helped the scratch beyond Kane last week and Zach Paschal ran... Um, a season or he played a season high 92% of their routes as their entrenched number two receiver, ran 34 routes to T.Y. Hilton's 40, I believe, as their clear cut number two receivers. Jack Doyle has doubled up Eric Ebron in snaps this year, and yet Eric Ebron's occasionally spiking on a touchdown here and there every, that's why we,
2: every year. Man, that's all Eric Ebron does. That's why we
1: all faded him this year. It was clear yeah. that his double digit touchdowns weren't going to carry over, and Jack Doyle is again their full time tight end. So, uh, <laughs> yes, it is a reduced target tree if you want to go there.
2: All right, guys, we got to jump off here. We got pro football focused with Britt Divine, Daniel Kelly coming up next. Dago Reeves, thanks for joining me, man. It's a good time as always. We'll bring it back week ten in about one week and have another good time. Happy, have, have,
1: have a happy Halloween. Almost there, uh, buddy. You what? I said we're almost there, buddy. Halfway yeah.
2: there. Wait, hold on, Dago. What are you going as for
1: Halloween? Is uh, three hole punch John? Okay, wait, is wait, that wait. a reference you understand? Probably not. Okay, yeah. someone out there got it. Okay.
3: No, I I'm almost forty, so I don't dress up. <laughs> uh, Your wife doesn't force you to dress up. My my children, my I have one in high school, so he doesn't dress up either anymore. But I've got my children are Wednesday. My daughter is Wednesday from the Adam's family, nice. and my youngest is Catboy from PJ Masks. So if you guys get down at the PJ Masks, <laughs> another oh, reference. Yeah, the PJ Masks. I have
1: no idea what that
2: is. So no. All right. Well, I am going as is my kid, as is my wife, as. Elvis. So that'll be a good photo so at some point and I will want to hang myself afterwards. We got to get off here again. Pro Football Focus with Britt, Divine, Daniel Kelly coming up next. Thanks for Janel, Dago, thanks for Reeves for joining me. I'll catch you all later. Bye.